Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We have a returning guest here on the program, and I've always found this particular subject very interesting since I was introduced to it probably 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, NLP, NLP training, but most specifically, energetic NLP with our returning guest, Art Geyser, uh, has, uh, he's been involved in this for quite a number of years and is uh, working to help others to basically move forward in their lives. Art, welcome back to Tell Me Your Story. I'm really glad to be here. And I'm laughing when you said quite a few years, because more and more when I tell people how many years they go, oh, I wasn't born or I was two. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't worry. I'm in the same boat. I've uh, been in this business for over 44 years. Oh, wow. And uh, it's it's been interesting, to say the least. Uh, let's uh, start out, if we can. I'd like to find out about uh, the work that you are doing in, in lieu of... Uh, in lieu of, of what we could be doing, uh, different things... What let's define our terms. I like doing that. What is uh, NLP? I know that it stands for neuro linguistic programming. And as I was getting ready to uh, come in to do the uh, interview with you, I thought, okay, break it down, break it down. Neuro would be along the lines of uh, the nervous system, uh, neurology, if I'm if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. uh, linguistic uh, sounds an awful lot like language, you know, in terms of communications and so forth. And then obviously uh, programming uh, is, uh, you know, you can take that uh, to computer programming, if you will. How far out, how far off am I? Um, well, you're in the right neighborhood um, and, and good guesses from the, from the name. And so, yeah, I'll explain what energetic NLP is later, because first, as you're asking, NLP is uh, a core part of it. NLP, again, neuro-linguistic programming. What it is, it's a study of people's subjective experience. And I, I, I'm an old timer, so like the, you'll hear newer definitions from people, but that was one of the original definitions, and I really like it. And the the people who started NLP, they're a big insight, because this was back in the early 70s, mid 70s. And at the time, you know, mainstream psychology was insight based. So, you know, if you talked enough about what your mom did, what your dad did, what happened when you were six, you get these insights. And eventually over years and years and years, um, you would change. In fact, there's an old Woody Allen movie where he's talking to his girlfriend and he goes, I've only been in therapy 12 years. <laughs> um, and the people who started NLP went, well, we know of five or six therapists who get really rapid, deep results with people. So what are they doing differently? And they began to study them. And one of their insights was, and we do deal with the past in NLP, don't get me wrong, but the emphasis isn't on the past, it's on the present. So let's say you have a, a bridge phobia or you have low self-esteem, maybe a, a better example for people. No matter how you got low self-esteem, your mind has to keep creating it over and over and over again. And, and there's a programming going on. It can be some of it's conscious, some of it's unconscious. 
I would say some of it's energetic, but I'll get into that later. And so in NLP, we first look at like, how does somebody keep recreating low self-esteem if they don't want that or a bridge phobia? Or how do they create um, talents, creativity or mathematics or dance? So we look at more what goes on in your mind. And in this term, the, the study of the nature of subjective experience, another of their insights was, you know, we all have to respond to the outside world. And obviously somebody pushes me, you know, I, I move. But whether I think I was attacked or whether being friendly, that's my internal experience. And how I respond will come out of what's going on in my mind, not in reality. In fact, I was at a party once in um, many, many, many years ago. And this guy looked like a Hell's Angel kind of biker type. And I'm walking and I had two beers, one for me and one for a friend. And he goes like, bam, and hits me on both my shoulders. And so I'm thinking, mm. I guess I'll fight. And all of a sudden he goes, hey, don't be uptight, man, and puts his hand out for me to shake. And I'm like, you know, standing there like, what the hell just happened? And somebody near me was laughing and they went, he tripped. He he didn't attack you. He tripped and he, you know, and you, you held him up. I went, oh. I go, now I get it. So <laughs> I could have gotten in a big, I mean, it's not my MO to get in a fight if I don't have to, but right. um, a lot of people, that would have been a big fight. And he would have thought I was a jerk. I would have thought he was the jerk, you know? So the point is we, we study how people organize their thinking, everything from like, how do you conceive of the past, present, and future? How do you conceive of, of what you believe and what you doubt? And, um, and then we, we play with it in, you can take apart things that aren't working for people and you can add in ways of thinking, ways of perceiving and thinking that add new skills into people. You are about the work of what I like to call, um, I mean, the word is used quite often throughout the, the description of uh, 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 energetic NLP mm -hmm. uh, training, uh, transforming mm -hmm. lives. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, that was a word that it was suggested that I switch to rather than the word change, because mm -hmm. they said, well, you know, if you change one way, you can change back, you know, and I thought, well, it'd be kind of silly to do that, but uh, okay. And um, then I also got to thinking about it from the standpoint, there's a, there's a biblical passage about uh, where Jesus is <clears throat> he's performing all these miracles and his disciples are just in awe and uh, they want to learn how to do these too and he says oh these this oh yeah yeah you guys will do this but quite honestly you're going to do greater works than right. this and I do believe that what you are about is that greater work, helping people to transform their lives to being people who are living on purpose, who are living intentional mm -hmm. and not getting derailed and distracted by the minutiae of the material world. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, and, and this was the other thing that I found fascinating, Art. <clears throat> when I was introduced to metaphysics, I looked up the word 
because I was curious as to what it meant. It's very simple. It's beyond the physical. And I would share that with people of the Christian faith and they would be shocked because <laughs> they connect it with the new age and all of that baggage stuff. And then I would say, cause I could see the shocked look on their face. Do you know what the word means beyond the physical? And that is what Jesus spoke of all the time. Right. That world beyond the physical which is what we're supposed to be focused on. So when you started this work, what was your what was your your main focus and how has that changed over the years? Uh, I will definitely answer that. I'd like to make a, a brief comment that I love the way you talk about transforming people's lives because I don't believe people need to transform. I think we're all embodiments of a beautiful, multidimensional, vast being. And, you know, it's my, personally the way I think of it. So it, it's more like, how do you get the stuff out of the way, the programming, the beliefs, the ways of thinking that keep you from manifesting who you are? So we're transforming our lives. The, the true self is, doesn't need to be transformed. In fact, I teach a program called Spiritual Alchemy. And I call it 2.0 because the old version of Spiritual Alchemy is that you know, like turning lead into gold, they're gonna transform you as lead and make you into gold. And I go, you're already gold. Spiritual alchemy 2.0 is, is unleashing that, is embodying that. Mm -hmm. So um, how have my ideas transformed? Gosh, um, uh, so radically. So when I, I, I didn't have a big vision about any of this when I got started. I very synchronistically found NLP. And I'd always, since I was like in grade school, been interested in uh, ESP and the powers of the mind. And I, I started, and I, I just knew all these things were possible. I knew, you know, mind reading was real, uh, telepathy, energetic healing was real. I didn't know how to do it. And I started studying with different teachers. And I didn't have like a, a vision of where it was going. It was one of those times where, you know, people go, well, you're, putting all this time and energy into studying NLP and the spiritual work and the energy work. And what are you going to do with it? And I'd go, don't know, don't care. It's like, I know <laughs> to do this. You know, it was one of those rare times in life. Like I don't have to think about this. I know I'm supposed to do this and it will, it, it'll emerge. So, uh, and, and I didn't, I never thought about like being a psychologist or a therapist or a coach, but I would work with people in the NLP classes really from my very first class and people would tell me their lives had changed and would go, well, I seem to be pretty good at this and I, I enjoy it and it's really helping people. So let's see how far this goes. So it, it kind of just organically grew. And um, at times I've worked a lot in corporations with um, like fortune 50, fortune 100 companies and creating leaders and teams. And um, I do, meditations for world healing and teach people how to open up their miraculous ability. So I've kind of taken a lot of different directions, but to me, it's all about the thing that hasn't changed is about making the world a better place, mm -hmm. which is partially because I'm a nice guy and partially because um, I live here. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like the world to be a better place. So there's, there is the desire to help others and there's a certain enlightened self-interest <laughs> 
Art Geyser is my guest here on the program. We're talking about energetic NLP. Uh, that's just one area of his expertise where you're going to learn to use universal energies to transform lives. Talk to us about those universal energies. Can we can we uh, say that <clears throat> there is a connection in reference to the universal energies uh, to some of the, let's just say some of the healing modalities like Reiki and so forth. Uh, and uh, and uh, that we can tap into, but most of us don't know how we've never truly learned. And then there are those who don't need to learn. They've just been doing it instinctively most of their lives. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I don't personally try to strictly define universal energies, but there, there's, we don't, one of my teachers used to say, you, you know, um, you need to realize the space around you isn't empty. So we know it's filled with air, but it's also filled with energies. And there's a whole symphony of energies available uh, for us to use. And when you start working with them, more and more become available. A lot of them, uh, if not most of them, are connected to different consciousnesses. And what those consciousnesses are, you know, are they angels or or a minor deity, you know, people have all kinds of ways they think about them. Um, but people have known forever. And even, you know, you look in the Bible and stuff, they they connect with angels, they connect with healing kind of energies that aren't, you know, you could say ultimately everything's, you know, the oneness, God, whatever word you want to use. But below that, you know, there, there's all these different kinds of energies you can tap into. And people in different traditions tend to give them like personalities and, and ways they relate to them. I think a lot of that is made up personally. And um, it, there's something called thought forms. And yeah, it, it's easier to connect for most people to connect with an energy if they think it's um, an art, uh, an angel, or if they think it's um, Ganesha or whatever. But to me, those are just the ways our poor little human minds try to connect with something really vast and, you know, to the, I, I embrace the great mysteries. It's like, I don't know what the heck all these things are. I know how I perceive them. And I know that you can t work with your spirit, that you tap into the, ener the energies that are uh, going to be helpful and avoid mm -hmm. the energies that aren't. But I, I don't personally like worry about who is it or, you know, and, and then even it gets complicated because there's a whole concept of, of group consciousnesses. So that beings that are not physical that get together and work with different energies. So for me, I just set it up with my spirit. Like, are the energies helpful for the person I'm working with or myself? Or are they not helpful? <laughs> I just like to keep it really simple. And if they're mm -hmm. helpful, I use them. <laughs> and I trust the guidance and that I don't need to layer my belief system on top of them. And, and to me, when people do that, you take something vast and multidimensional and incredible and you you know you make it small so you your mind is happy with it so um uh, to me again in an energetic nlp you connect with your spirit and your inner wisdom and if you're working with another person their spirit and inner wisdom and you let them be in, those aspects of yourself be in charge so that it's not limited by my conscious beliefs well, it exactly. seems that uh, you tie into something we promote here 
<clears throat> talking about uh, the decade of perfect vision, where we ask people to spend time going within. Uh, years and years ago, I used to think if I could just find some place that was isolated and secluded where nobody could find me uh, and I could just relax and just enjoy the sounds of nature, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, then it dawned on me that if I can find it, then so will a bunch of other people. <laughs> and then it dawned on me that there is one place, but it's not here on this earth per se, per se. And that is going within mm. that quiet, calm, still peaceful place within self and then listening to, however you want to phrase it, that the divine voice, if you will, the still small voice, etc. Is that what you are referring to in terms of the guidance that you receive as you are working with someone? Yeah, I think I think that's a good description of it, and that the guidance will have different characteristics. Um, one of the things about NLP is something called submodalities, which is a whole fascinating field about the ways that we have an internal coding system that we're not consciously aware of that you can work with. And it's in each, it's in the visual modality, the auditory, the kinesthetic, and so. One of the things you can begin to recognize. Um, so sometimes I see things often. I, I I hear something. I mean, it's not like hearing somebody from the outside, but there's words in my head. Mm -hmm. And the ones that I know are reliable will have a certain set of characteristics, and that can be unique for different people. So mine, when it comes in, it's a very neutral. It's just very like dum da dum da dum da dum da dum. You know, <laughs> I really trust those because those are always right. You know. Um, there's other kinds of information come in that come in in different ways that are useful, but you can begin to, they'll, they'll look, sound, and feel differently. Because one of the problems, people always go trust your intuition. And the problem is, what's intuition? What's chatter? What's desire? You know, the, there's a concept called neutrality. And it's one of the reasons it's easier to read for somebody else because it's easier to be neutral about what's going on in their life than neutral in your own. And so it's a real skill to develop, to be able to be willing to get clear communication for yourself. But the more you open up to it, the more it'll just kind of pop in. I mean, one time uh, it saved me from being mugged at night one time in San Francisco. Cause I, I just heard this whole thing about, um, there, there were some guys and they were on the other side of a hill from me. So I, I couldn't hear them, see them, anything. And I knew they were there. I knew what they were up to. I knew they were going to beat up the first person they found. And, um, and and so I was able to avoid them and end up having to save, help save somebody that they did beat up on. Um, uh, but, but it was like, it just came in. And it was like, on the other side of the hill, there's these guys. You know, it just it was just like, dum -da -dum -da -dum -da -dum -da -dum. <laughs> so for me, that. I, I recognize the qualities when it comes in that a, a certain kind of way, wherever that guidance comes from, whether it's my own spirit or angels or who knows, um, it's accurate. So it, the reason I'm saying that for everybody listening is it gets confusing because people go, well, follow your intuition. It's like, like, that's easy. 
to pick out your intuition from your thoughts, your programming and desires. So a lot of what we do in energetic NLP is we keep clearing out other energies and programming. So it gets easier and easier to find your own um, thoughts. But uh, one of my first teachers told us this joke and he goes, two psychics are walking down the street when they get close. One looks at the other and goes, you're fine. How am I? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. I always found it disconcerting. I was working uh, for a Christian radio station and uh, someone would uh, invariably, if it wasn't to me, it was to somebody else, maybe someone on the phone, they were taking uh, calls and what have you. And uh, they would say, God told me to tell you. And I said, and I would say, if it were to me, I said, stop, stop. If God wants to communicate with me, he knows my number. I'll take a collect call from God. I don't need you to be telling me what he has planned for my life. As much as I appreciate the effort. The problem is, and this is part of part of what we're talking about here with Hart Geyser. The problem is that the human vessel has filters. These are the equivalent to the layers you were talking about. A matter of fact, I was just thinking of this on the one hand when we we're talking about transformation, and we're already gold. And I, I, I could go into a whole thing about yes, you, I know we are okay. Uh, And so we are gold. The core is golden, golden, golden. It's the layers that we have to peel back, like the layers of an onion that we have to peel back. Well, it's those filters or layers, Mm -hmm. even with somebody who is of the cloth, as they say. I've I've never quite understood what what cloth are they referring to? (laughs) <laughs> and and I'm thinking, well, is it what uh, the hem of of Jesus' garment, where the one woman tried to touch and finally touched, and he didn't see who did it? Who did that? Who touched me? You know, uh, you know. But I I think that that's one of the things where there are those out there who seem to think that it is their job, it is their calling to direct people as to uh, ways in which they should be living their lives. And and I've just found that, I've found that very disconcerting. I think that's very inappropriate um, because nobody knows better than we. That's not to say that we've got it all, you know, all down per se, but, you know, many of us, such as you and I, Art, we're trying, we're giving it our best shot. I want to talk a little bit about, this process of healing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I I love what you said. So I just Mm -hmm. want to underscore it. And in my programs, when I, in the training programs, I I teach people like, this isn't about spiritual arrogance. You're not telling people the truth. I go, tell people what you perceive. You know, I go, you'll never hurt somebody. If you go, this is what I perceive. This is what I think it means. You know, I, I go, if you do it that way, then the, it either helps the person find it in themselves or it helps them find out that it's not true. But mm-hmm. there's so many talented psychics that they've been reading their own press releases too much. So, <laughs> you know, they might be right 
80% of the time, but they're always, because of those filters you're talking about, they're always going to twist it. You can't help it. You know, and our minds twist everything a little bit mm -hmm. by our belief system. And so they can do a lot of damage for people because the person goes, gee, they were right about this and this and this and this. So they must be right about that. And so like the people I train, I go, you, it's a gift when you go, well, this is what I perceive and this is how I interpret it. And what do you think? And then, then you're helping them find their truth, not making them one down. Like you're the, the great prophet, <laughs> the truth. So I, I just had to riff off of what you said because I, I, I loved it. I think it's so important. No, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, we are, <clears throat> and it has been said that we are our own uh, guru of sorts. And that's not to say, excuse me, that that we uh, we can't derive guidance and support and encouragement from from people such as yourself. But at the same time, it's, it's uh, and I've asked this question. I kind of stopped asking this question because the set, the, the, the answer is pretty self-evident. But it's it's uh, one of those um, situations where um, I know I know what I need to do. All right. Uh, I, I, you know, I know intuitively, it's just, I know that I know it's almost like that phrase you said, I don't know. And I don't care. Ignorant and apathetic. <laughs> uh, and sometimes that's not a bad way to go. I'll be honest with you, but we, we, we just know we can feel it in our bones per se, or we can feel it in our gut that this is the way to go. I mean, right. I remember, you know, I remember going through a personal growth program and my first wife, who was totally blind, she wanted to go through it, but she couldn't go by herself. I said, oh, all right, I'll go with you, thinking that <clears throat> I would be going just to guide her around. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> and uh, and it was a good experience. It really was. But it was one of those situations where, wow, uh, boy, did I, did I, uh, did I, did I really do that? Mm -hmm. Did I really get in touch with this, that, and the other thing? Did I really, <clears throat> um, I don't want to say heal, but oh, I'll use the terminology here. I peeled, did I really peel back those layers? Mm. The only sad fact about peeling back the layers are, is that uh, you peel back one layer and then there's another one right below it. And it's almost um, almost infinite, isn't it? Well, it, it, it's a sad fact, but you can get to the point, you, you probably have to, where it's like, I go, oh, good, another layer. Because because you benefit from every layer. So once I, once I realize what you're saying is, you know, for people like you and me, we're interpersonal growth, spiritual growth. So there's always going to be the next level, you know? And so I've gotten to a point now where it's like, you know, I might immediately react to something and then I go, oh, good. When I work on this, life gets even better. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, now I'm curious, do you feel that, uh, <clears throat> is your belief that such that um, when we leave this world, mm -hmm. um, because we're leaving this world, we've got it. That uh, it's the next world that we don't need to do all of this 
personal growth <laughs> and development type of thing, this transformational work? <clears throat> well, my belief du jour on that is that when you leave, then there's, I, I don't know if it's so much about growth, but I think there's, you keep evolving and changing in some some way. Or, or I'm not sure we have quite the right human concepts for it, but I, but I don't believe that when we leave the body, like we're done, <laughs> you know, um, you know, even if you have, uh, you know, for people who believe in reincarnation and stuff, but even if you've reached some enlightenment and cleared all your karma, I doubt that that there's a such a thing. <laughs> <being done. laughs> is my personal belief. I, I, I'm not saying it's true, but that's the way I think of it is. Yeah. But, but, um, but I think it's different and it's not necessarily um, the kind of layering we have it of, of like that we're flawed or something's wrong and we have to fix ourselves that, that we get, that you can get out of over time. And then I think when you leave the body, it, it can be a whole, like a whole different kind of experience that we don't even have a, a way to comprehend is mm. my personal belief at the moment. Mm-hmm. For now, I might say something different. But. I know that uh, um, when it comes to to our animals, this was uh -huh. shared with us when we lost uh, one of our our dear animals some years ago, and they told us. I thought we th I thought this was just uh, whether it's right or not. I don't know. It was profound yeah. at the time. It helped. Let's put it that way. They said, "Oh well." he was finished doing the work that he was here to do with you. Yeah. It's like, wow. Okay. Um, and I think about that in terms of some of the losses I've experienced in the last couple of years from uh, my father and my eldest sister, mm. my best friend of 53 years, <clears throat> another dear friend who uh, lived across the street from us. I used to work with him on, projects uh, where we would take uh, audio recordings whether they be reel to reel or vinyl and we would transfer them to the computer wow. digitize them burn c i'd burn cds for him and so forth <clears throat> um and a number of other other folks as well and i kind of look at it that way that their work their work was done and my father in his case he almost made it to 92 mm. But I think what really did him in was the year before when my eldest sister passed away. Yeah. And he said, even he told my mom, he says, I don't want to be here. I really don't. I'm just, I'm tired. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I know that, that we all get into those, those situations where, I mean, I, I am personally right now as and during this, as of this conversation, I should say that, I'm dealing with my own health issue. I mean, I'm not at a hundred percent right now, but the show must go on as they say. Right. <laughs> um, and it's, I have to say it's more frustrating uh, than what I'm dealing with. There's, there's the frustration of, of it interfering with my energy level. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the real frustrating part. Uh, and it could be any condition. I mean, it really wouldn't matter what it is if it's interfering with, with what I'm doing, what I can be doing. I, you know, I have a problem with that. Anyway, uh, 
Can I comment on a couple of those things? Please, go ahead. So I I believe that it's not random when we die that, you know, that, but I, to me, the way I think of it is our, our spirit is done. You know, our personality may or may not be. Um, uh, and that, so sometimes when you're giving a healing to somebody, I mean, one time I started giving healing to this guy because I, I was looking at him and I heard, well, he's, he was a, a, probably a late eighties or something. And I got, um, he's okay right now, but he'll die in six months if something isn't done. So I started giving him a healing and literally I heard a voice yell in my ear, back off, just like that. And I went, and that was, this is back in the early nineties. And I went up to a friend of mine who was co-teaching this program with me and he got the same message. Like his spirit did not, you know, his spirit had a plan and um, it wasn't what his personality wanted, but it was what his spirit wanted. And even my father died uh, when I was 15. So he died young. And I don't know why, uh, sometime within a year or so after that, and I'd never heard this idea, but I, I just knew like his spirit was done and that somehow his leaving was part of his path. And it was part of my mother's and my brother's and my path that he left. And, um, and, and somehow I just felt like I knew that. Um, so it, it, there's a term like inflicting a healing. So the way I was taught and what I teach is you, when you're giving a healing to somebody, you need to check in with their spirit and their soul and their conscious and their unconscious mind, and make sure you have what, what I call whole being permission. Cause sometimes like their spirit will just go, I have another plan. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's like, <clears throat> and there's times I've even seen healers save people's lives. And then the people end up mad at the healer. And I think it's because on the inner level, part of them is going, you know, we were supposed to leave. And um, and then sometimes people like that find another way to die, like an accident or something. Yeah. Um, so in the, oh, the second part of what you were saying, shoot, it was real important that what you were saying, you were talking about when people leave and, um, yeah, oh, yeah. oh I, yeah, about your health. I wanted to say that, and it's not always easy and, and you know, who knows if it's ultimately true, but what I try to, what I do for myself and what I teach is to just go, okay, I can see this illness or this problem is in my way. What if uh, there's a, a saying in Taoism, what's in the way is the way. So mm. I try to approach it. Okay. What's the, <clears throat> you know, what's the gift in here that I can, I can take out of it. Um, you know, because apparently it is part of my path. Like, I really had a rather spectacular fly up in the air, <laughs> crashed. I didn't just fall, and I had to have shoulder surgery. And, um, you know, and I'd rather it didn't happen, but there were, but I just kept going, what are the learnings and what, what's going on here? And I had all kinds of personal growth out of it. So who knows whether that's why it happened or whether I layered that on top. But, but, um, but I always try to, I don't suppress the part of me that goes, I would, you know, I wish it hadn't happened and I don't like it and it's in my way. But then I, I honor that. And then I move to, okay, what's the gift? What's the opportunity here? Mm. And there always is one, you know, whether you're making it up or not, who knows? Right. I, I mean, I, it's real, but, um, but I think it's important first to honor the part of us that goes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's a legitimate human reaction. So like yeah. with my shoulder, I was in this big brace thing. And 
you know, it'd be get annoying to wear it, but it was helping me heal. So yeah. I was annoyed with it. <clears throat> I, I'd honor my uh, being annoyed. And then I start petting it like a dog or a cat going, you're my friend. You're protecting me. Thank you. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember year, learning years ago in one of these programs I went through, there was the phrase, give up the need to know why. And they, they actually couched it very well. All right, here you are. You're sitting in this program with all these other people. And if I knew why thus and such, and I shared it with you, how would that change your life? Would it really make that much difference? And nine times out of 10, it's not going to change anything because the circumstances that you're in, they don't change instantly just because now you know why. Now, maybe on a motion, uh, on an emotional or mental yeah. level, right. you understand why. And now your your mind shifts. It's it's like uh, many of these uh, uh, scenarios in movies and television. <clears throat> the one I love to use more than anything else <laughs> is the movie Batman versus uh, Batman versus Superman. Oh, uh huh. All right. If you recall, it's a movie where, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to I'm going to tell you right now. Spoiler alert! I'm giving it away. If you haven't seen it, you might want to <laughs> look away or something. Anyway, the entire movie is Batman and Superman fighting. Fighting, fighting, fighting. You never really know why. Until the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie where they finally stop. Certainly not out of exhaustion. They certainly had enough energy <laughs> to go an hour and a half uh, fighting each other. And they begin to understand the reason why they're both upset. Mm -hmm. Had something to do with one of their mothers, <laughs> which is pretty typical. You say something bad about my mom and you're going to answer for it. You know, that kind of thing. And I thought, you know, this would have been a lot shorter movie. And of course, nobody would have gone to see it if they had just talked before all of the fighting. Right. And we have more and more of these programs where that's sort of the scenario. If you people would just shut up, sit down and start talking. <clears throat> and there would be those who would say to certain sectors of our society. Uh, well, but they've been sitting and talking on and off for the last several thousand years. I said, then they aren't done talking. They haven't resolved their issues because they're still fighting. And uh, with all due respect to, to veterans of any conflict, uh, this is an observation. The reason why, supposedly the reason why we fight is to stop fighting somewhere down the road. It's yeah, like right. the, the Great War. The war to end all wars. And I, I understand that it, by comparison to the wars that followed, it was the most brutal, most savage. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, uh, it's epitomized. There's a line in a song 
um it's it's uh the, the line in the song the, the song is called the green fields of france hmm. and this man is walking along and he comes upon this cemetery and he, he's he's wanting to sit down and take his rest for a few minutes and he sits down next to the tombstone of a young boy by the name of willie mcbride hmm. who according to the tombstone died at 19 in the great war one of the lyric lines in the song is, so did you think that you and your comrades, by taking up arms and so forth, that you would end uh, fighting and end all wars? Well, I hate to say this, but it didn't work because it's been happening again and again and again and again. And in my estimation, every soldier who has ever served and died, died in vain, because we're still fighting. We haven't achieved anything yet. That's my observation. Now, I'm curious, is that one of the layers that I've got to deal with in terms of letting go of, of this whole aspect of our society, just unwilling to actually seek out a peaceful existence amongst themselves? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. There is, you know, a, a principle that of uh, acceptance of what is, and and then trying to change it if you want to change it. But you know, obviously, throughout human history, there's been war after war after war. So we can either, you know, it depends what you think. Either it's some massive mistake, or we're just screwed up, or it's random, or somehow it's part of our spiritual path to have gone through these and hopefully reach a point where um uh, where we solve problems differently and you know and i i don't know that i would say nothing has changed i mean you know for one thing <laughs> years ago people weren't even really concerned about what was happening in another part of the world now because of communication and everything people are connecting all over so there are some really interesting things happening in the collective consciousness. And very often when those changes happen, there's also massive disruptions. Um, uh, there were these uh, Tibetan Buddhists, I think they're Tibetan Buddhists. They, uh, they were doing sand mandalas for peace and they were going around different U.S. cities mm -hmm. in Salt Lake City. And I won't go into the whole story now, but this guy would show up every day and they knew there was something wrong with him. And he ended up taking hostages, not them, but some other people. In fact, he tried to take a friend of mine's wife as a hostage, but she was able to escape. And, and all the hostages ended up getting saved. But they were interviewing these monks and they said, yes, yeah, sometimes, you know, peace meditations activate certain people. <laughs> mm. And um, so I guess to me, and or you look at nature shows and you see all there's a lot of cooperation in nature, but there's also a lot of fighting, you know, that both are going on. So <clears throat> for me, at least du jour, you know, at this point in my life, I have to believe that somehow this is part of our spiritual path. And part of that path is what you're talking about is can we have more and more and more peace, if not perfect peace, but more and more people, more and more of the time. And can we like, like even the corporate work I was involved with, um, you know, I, I would work with a team of people and sometimes they hated each other when we started and I'd interview everybody ahead of time or and my colleagues would. And it'd be funny because you'd know what everybody was making up about one another. 
and it gets back to uh, what I said about NLP. It's about our internal reality. Actually, mm-hmm. it wasn't the things they complained about weren't the real problem. The real problem was what they thought it meant. Like I'm not being respected or, you know, you think you're better than I am. And, and very often it didn't mean anything like that to the other person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'd get them talking and stuff and finding out what was driving their behaviors. And often they'd be going like, Oh, that's what you were thinking. You know, it'd be like, and then they find ways to cooperate. Mm-hmm. Had to change the meaning they were making on the event. So I think humanity more, and you know, there was a time when you know, between groups at least, that wouldn't go on it, uh, anymore. So I think humanity is working on um, in a very messy way, like how do we go to some whole new level? And it's um, getting there is not half the fun. So that's my personal outlook that if it exists in our reality, then there's some purpose to it and that we, we have the right to change it if we can, Mm -hmm. but it, but if we first accept it, that it's accept its existence, um, uh, then we're more able to, to change it. That's my philosophy at this point in my life. Art Geyser and Energetic NLP is the subject and many other areas as well. And uh, go to Blockbuster 3, the number 3.com, Blockbuster3.com. We'll be linked to that website. And we'll tell you what that's all about here in just a few moments. I want to ask you, Art, uh-huh. um, uh, about the unseen dimensions that shape our reality. And this sort of ties into what what we've just been talking about because um, on the one hand, when it comes to conflict, that's in the material world. And I am a spiritual person, metaphysician. Mm -hmm. I don't care. (laughs) I don't (laughs) care. It's irrelevant. And yet at the same time, it goes to what you're saying, you were just saying, in that, uh, and I guess it, I believe it was Gandhi who mm-hmm. said, uh, if you want peace in the world, then, you know, be the peace you seek. Right. And I was talking with uh, a medium many years ago. And she actually tied it, for example, into weather conditions hurricanes earthquakes um you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and she says when you look around the earth and you see these different things happening go within and see where the hurricanes in your life are raging so it's kind of the same thing if you see conflicts around the world see where the conflicts are raging within yourself i think that's really wise yeah and then that takes us to, all right, it's time to peel back some more layers, Art. You know, I've got a whole bunch of them laying over here on the floor. Uh, i got to clean that up. <laughs> but um, um, that's just the process that we've gone through. Is this, is this relatively new in terms of what's been termed personal growth and development? Or has man been seeking, I guess the term, I guess, would be self-realization. Has man been seeking that 
most of its existence, at least in uh, some corners of the globe? I, I think so. I mean, probably if we could go back to cave people, you know, that, you know, uh, they did drawings. So, you know, obviously you know, people have always looked for meaning. Why are things happening? You know, uh, what's, you know, it's like, you know, rainbows at one time were a sign from God or the gods. Now we go there, they're refracted light, which doesn't mean that they're not a sign, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, um, but I, I was doing some work at a gold mine once in Canada, and I was at some friends, and I went, look, and there was a rainbow. And the rainbow end from where we were ended in the, the factory where they were flying the gold. And I'm going, there is a pot of gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Um, but um, I, so, I, I mean, I, I think we, we have a, a huge desire for meaning. Where mm-hmm. I think it's changed over time is in a couple of ways. One is which, you know, the more you're like barely surviving, the less you have any energy to worry about that. So the more prosperous you are, or the less you have to work, the more you have time to think about it. But, you know, you've you mentioned the Bible and, and people send us about the book of Job and it's, you know, from a oh. modern interpretation, it was like, so God and the devil are torturing Job. But um, my, my interpretation, you know, they're testing him. But um, my interpretation more would be that, you know, people saw bad things happen all the time and they needed to feel like it wasn't just random. It wasn't, you know, they needed to feel like there's some purpose to it because, you know, as soon as you think there's some purpose to things, you can handle them better. So I think people have always looked for meaning and, but the more prosperous you know, starting like in, in, in the 60s in a lot of the Western world, when people had more prosperity coming out of the 50s, you know, that, you know, my whole generation was doing well enough that we had more time to think about what's it all mean, where, you know, our parents' generation was more like, we survived the war, and, and, and we delayed our lives, now we want to have kids and families, and we we want to have the car and the, you know, in the house and all that. And, um, and then, we we had more time and energy to be able to go, well, what's it about? And why are we doing these things? And why are we accumulating stuff? So long-winded way to say, yes, I think people have always done it. And the more um, time and energy you have to think about that, the bigger deal it becomes. So we can really think about, as busy as people are in modern times, yeah, uh, still in the Western world, at least, we have such a level of, of abundance for most of us that we we have the freedom to think about all these other things where where other people are just going, I'm just trying to get some food, you know, or water. I mean, yeah. huge yeah. portion of the world, they're, they're just trying to get enough water for the day. You know? Oh, I, I, just, I can't imagine what that must be like. Uh, uh, you know, I hope I never have that experience. But uh, um, Art Geyser is my guest. We're talking about energetic NLP. We're also talking about a website, which is Blockbuster 3. That's Blockbuster and the number 3.com, which we will be uh, linked to. And uh, I guess we'll touch upon this right now, Art. What are people going to find at Blockbuster 3.com? So uh, 
when people sign up there, they'll get a video a day for four days, and then they, they con have continuing access to the videos. And each of the videos takes them to very, very powerful energetic NLP processes to clear conscious beliefs, unconscious beliefs, karma, spiritual contracts, create more alignment between your, your spirit, your soul, your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, and your body. And people learn techniques they can do on their own, uh, simple ways to like clear your energy every day in just a few minutes and, and, and bring in those universal and earth energies we talked about. And uh, I'm very, very proud of them. They're free. And um, I've had many, many people tell me that they're uh, incredibly helpful. And again, it's at blockbusternumeral3.com. Uh, and then, of course, people will be on my mailing list, but you can always, every, every email will have an unsubscribe link. So uh, most people don't want to unsubscribe, but it's easy to do. But I, I, I can't, um, I, I'm very proud of those videos. In fact, I, I was working with this marketing company and they went, you're giving away too much. A freebie should be something smaller. And I go, I know, but I can't help it. I want people to have this. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it's like, even if they never do anything with me again, I want this to change their lives. Now, obviously, if people take my other kinds of programs or work with me, we can go even further, but it, it's a life-changing sequence. So, um, but it is funny because people tell me, shouldn't give away that much, you know? And I'm yeah. Going, I can't help it. Yeah, I've I've been approached number of uh, on numerous occasions, and the day may come, but I don't know that it's coming anytime soon. Richard, you need to monetize your website. You know, set up a small ninety nine cents to watch the videos. I, I don't want any barrier between the information and those seeking it. Um, you know, I said, yeah, I know I could probably charge even more than that and so on and so on and so on. Oh yeah. I, I, it just, it just, just, uh, it, it rings hollow in that respect. Uh, I'm, I, I guess another one of those layers I need to work through is I'm quite honestly sick and tired of everybody saying that the economy is the most important factor in our lives. It's not. Never has been and never will be, in spite of what we are being told. Uh, it's it's health, community, and in this case, as we are talking here, and again, this is just one man's opinion, um, our personal uh, uh, efforts at um, knowing self. Getting to know who we are, not why we are the way we are. That'll be done through that NLP training, that energetic NLP training uh, that you're going to peel away those uh, those uh, layers. Then you find out why. But who we are. It was said, um, I, I remember asking one of my guests, Art. Um, so do you think that somewhere down the road, we'll reach a level, a place where we will know who we truly are. He said, no, <laughs> which was kind of odd in one sense. His response was, we will know who we have always been. Do you have an understanding of who we have always been? And is it... 
of this world or or of another uh as mentioned earlier dimension well a couple of things of course for that information we charge more but um, <laughs> <laughs> i do want to say to everybody i don't think either of us against people making money it, it's mm-hmm. i know for me i have a ton of free things i do a free meditation every sunday called change the world from your living room um and I have things that people pay for. Um, and, and I think it's important that people, I know you know this, but just for everybody, like both are good. You you, you give away stuff and you have stuff that, that take care of yourself. Um, I think we maybe mentioned before the word grok. Yes, yes. Yeah. So for people that don't know, um, grokking is, is where you get out of intellectual understanding and you become one with something. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I always like to use the example. I, when I was a medical researcher, I was in the OBGYN department, and I know a fair amount about pregnancy. Now, I do not grok what it's like to be pregnant. You know, I mm-hmm. I know a lot about it, and I can be sympathetic and understanding to a woman because I, oh, yeah, you get nausea in the morning, but I don't grok it. You know? <laughs> I, right. Nor do I want to. But, um, but um, um, my point being, I think we can grok what you said, this being that we uh, always have been, always will be, though I th- I do think that, I don't know if it evolves exactly, but I think our con- that bigger consciousness changes, but it's also enduring through time. And, um, and to me, the, the goal is to connect to it and feel it, and know it, and, and to realize whatever words you say aren't going to work. And there's some Eastern philosophy. I forget if it. I think it's Buddhist. It could be Hindu. I think it's Buddhist, and it and it's something like in English, not 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 this, not that. And the point is, there's certain things you can say what they aren't, but we don't have words to say what they are. So, to me, I think we need to, you know, you know, I'll say things like we're these vast, beautiful, multidimensional beings, but um, but then what I try to do is, is, is I work with people to connect to that, to their vaster self. And they're, the words kind of help you point the direction, um, but the words will never be it. You know, in, in NLP, we go, the map is not the territory. You, know, you look at a, a map of the earth, that's not really the earth. It's helpful, but it's not, it's not really what the earth's like. And even a globe isn't completely accurate. Um, so to me, the goal is, is to grok this vaster being that we are, and, you know, to have fun putting it into words, but to not let the words confine it. Mm. Art Geyser is my guest here on the program. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I have uh, always enjoyed these kinds of conversations that, yeah, they do tend to go all over the place. But uh, uh, I've always said, uh, you know, the universe asks the questions. I'm just along for the ride. You know, I just make sure that uh, I have my seatbelt on and keep my arms and legs in the vehicle at all times until it comes to a full and complete stop. (laughs) I want to ask you real quickly, and we may have touched upon this a little bit, uh, but I think uh, I I managed to divert the direction of the question about these unseen dimensions that shape Uh our reality. You know, we we are easily distracted by the material world, and we've talked about some of those distractions. Right. Um, it's even been said, Art, that 
people who go through the things that they go through, they, and, and this is hard for a lot of folks to, to understand, they chose to come into this world to have those experiences. So in essence, we are all playing a role. Shakespeare was right. Okay. Mm. It wasn't meant as factual, but he was right. The whole world's a stage and we are, but I guess it would go, uh, we are all but actors, players. And we have chosen the role that we play. And that goes with everybody. There is no separation. Oh yeah. Except for the wealthy and not except for the educated, except for the, no, every single human being has chosen which is what we talk about here on this program, giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. But art, it's also been said, and we will get into this aspect of the unseen dimensions, that it has also been said that we can rewrite the script, and which is kind of what you are talking about, the work that you are doing. Um, tell us a little bit about some of, uh, some more about some of these unseen dimensions that actually shape our present material world our reality well i like the way you presented that and that fits my present understanding i and i like to be clear with people when people go well i didn't choose this i'm going i'm not saying your personality chose it mm-hmm. definitely didn't choose it um we're talking about your spirit which is different than your personality yeah and, and i do believe we can rewrite the scripts and uh to me, uh, this these unseen realities, you know, we don't even really have, you know, we, we can say words like they're multidimensional, which, you know, part of my brain goes, what does that actually mean? <laughs> you know, I, I, I can kind of get a feel of it. I, you know, intellectually, I don't get it, but I can feel it. So I, I believe that we're all vast beings and that we come together to co-create realities like this one and that we do come in with ideas in mind and spiritual contracts and karma. I, I believe it's all changeable. Certain things people are highly unlikely to change. And I, I do believe that it's changeable. In fact, um, when I was young, I used to believe that I was going to die fairly young, you know, not like a teenager, but you know, thirties or something. And I wasn't worried about it. It was just a thought in my head. And then I started doing NLP and the energy work. And I, I realized, oh, I don't believe that anymore. And one of my teachers, he was talking about palm reading once. I went, I went, here's anything to palm reading, is there? And he goes, oh, let me see your palm. And he looks at my palm and he goes, originally you were going to die young, but you changed your mind. And I'm going, why are you seeing that? You know, like, yeah. so, um, I, I, I do believe from my client's experience of mine, I, Yes, I think we can change, um, and, uh, and and we change that by uh, not ignoring the reasons we, but finding other ways to fulfill it or work with it or or decide that we don't need to. So people can come in like believing they need to be punished or something, and then get to the point where they go, "I don't think anybody should be punished," you know, and and then um, even if I was bad in some other lifetime. Uh, how does my punishing myself here help rather like if somebody was bad in another lifetime, I'd rather they were here spreading light and love and joy than bringing in more pain and punishment. You know, mm-hmm. sort of like, I don't see how that helps personally. Um, but yes, I, I believe that 
we we come in with ideas in mind and some people absolutely follow them and um but but it gets interesting too because if time isn't linear from certain from other dimensions um and even einstein apparently talked about it, the the whole space time fabric and that that some people say according to relatively all time exists not not in one spot but in the universe all time exists all the time so if something like that is true and that's part of physics um then the idea that you could see what could happen in the future is different than it's being predestined so i mean it gets really wild when you get out yeah, there yeah i was gonna say <laughs> i think it's all changeable personally i think the past is changeable i i believe i've made some significant changes to my past and there's certain events well one in particular that everybody else has a uh, such a different story of what happened than I did. And I mean, it was about somebody getting shot mm. <laughs> on something small. You know, I was at this party. We all had fun. Nobody got shot. Everybody else talks about this guy near me getting shot. Um, it's not like something you would forget. or um, But I believe that there's more than one past and more, you know, they talk about parallel probable lives. And it's one of the things I get into my advanced programs with people, but I, I believe you can change which past you're connected to. And that I think I disconnected from that past and connected to one where the party was fun. Because mm -hmm. literally mm -hmm. everybody else knows this guy got shot and, and people go, well, maybe you blanked it out. And I, I'll go, first of all, I've seen things more traumatic than a stranger being shot that I remember. But I go, but I'd also have to have forgotten don't you think we all would have talked about it a lot after it happened? It's like, you know, in my past, there were none of those conversations. Yeah, not, none of the things that everybody else talks about happened. And, I, and I've had other experiences, too, where I do believe, and it is a metaphysical theory, that you can switch your past. So long-winded way to say, I think it's all changeable. Mm. <laughs> well, and a lot of people do certainly believe that. I, I am of the... Uh... Of the philosophy, yes, that it can it can be changed, but you have to do the work to change it. It doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah. Uh, and um, I mean, it took me, uh, interestingly enough, uh, being born and raised Roman Catholic and going through the different iterations and uh, working for this uh, Christian station for 15 years. I say it was the best education I was ever paid for. Uh, <laughs> it took me five years to dump the doctrine or dogma regarding hell, Satan, the devil. Um, matter of fact, at one point, I even asked the question, is there something that I could do? I really would like to help facilitate the end of the world. And here's the reason why. Because your story is boring. I am bored with this story. You've been telling this story for 2,000 years. Nothing has happened. You label all kinds of things that go on, especially in the Middle East, like this situation that we're dealing with now. Oh, this must be prophecy. Mm. And this must be the sign of blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, so go soak your head in water. Yeah. Because I've heard that time and time and time again. And it just doesn't right. make sense. I think that's the one thing about all of this art 
that uh, when I start asking questions, uh, whether of a religious nature or otherwise, my questions are usually designed to expose the irony of a particular situation. Mm. I think about all, and, and I'm I'm just going to throw this out there. We're not going to go down this rabbit hole, but yep. the whole issue of immigration and the the border uh, between Mexico and the United States. Everybody wants to blame the president, regardless of who's in the office. They want to blame the president. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's not the president's responsibility. It's Congress. Right. It's those fools on Capitol Hill. They're the ones that are supposed to take care of this and resolve it. But they refuse to do it. And what they do is they just uh, like they do with this whole uh, the uh, what is it? The debt ceiling, uh, all this kind of stuff. They keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah. I heard it said that um, with the latest with the latest uh, situation that passed, uh, they split the can in half, kicked yeah. the one can down the road to January and the other can down the road to February. I None of this makes any sense. It just doesn't. Who does that? Yeah. You know, uh, and and these people. Uh, again, I do not want to go further down this, but these people, they don't care about you and me. It isn't we the people. It's them. Them the people. That's who they care about. That's all they care about. And that's another good reason why we need to care about ourselves. Yeah. And I would take it that this type of programming, this NLP, energetic NLP, there's a difference, uh, is so important that it helps to accelerate personal and spiritual growth while activating our uh, miraculous abilities, which I think, again, I think Jesus spoke of. He says, hey, these miracles, yeah, yeah, you want to do these, fine, but you're going to do greater miracles than these. Let's talk a little bit about that before we wrap up our program in terms of the whole um, the personal and spiritual growth and uh and our miraculous abilities. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I believe that everybody on the planet has the potential, has within them incredible miraculous abilities. It's not everybody's path. It's not everybody's interest. I mean, I, I remember I held myself back for many years from learning any of this. Because I believe the old idea, only a few special people. <laughs> and I was... I mean, it sounds so dumb now, but I was afraid I was going to find out I wasn't one of them. And then mm. you just S out of luck, you know. <laughs> and um, um and, and in fact, when I first took a healing course, and uh, I mean, the first one I took, I mean, literally, I'm working on people and their bones are moving, and I'm not pushing their bones. <laughs> you know, this, you know, this woman's face rearranged itself. We both went, <gasps> you know, and um, you know, and things like that would happen, and vertebra would move. And I thought, oh, I really am one of those special people. And then I realized I'm not one of those special people. Everybody's one of those special people. Mm. And like anything else, certain things will come easier to people. And certain people came in with access to a lot of knowledge very easily and stuff. Um, but everybody 
everybody can do it. And um, and that's my most fun thing in the world is when I, I, I like to tell people my superpower is opening other people's superpowers. And, and I, I love when people, and, and a lot of times people will deny it for a while. Like, you know, I'll put people in small groups and, and they'll be raving about what somebody did and the person will be going, well, no, I didn't. And I'll go, would you listen to them? <laughs> you, know? you know, it's like, like, you know, the, the, uh, the false modesty that, um, that a lot, you know, a lot of us go through it, but then recognizing that miracles are, are a part of life and that you can more and more, um, actually somebody who's going to start training with me, told me a great story yesterday. She was on a plane and she's very intuitive and she got that there was something wrong with the plane and she wanted to get off, but they wouldn't let her. And, um, and so she just thought, you know, to God, like, or your spirit, you know, can you stop the plane? And then they start, they started to move and then they stopped and they went, wait a minute, we're, we're, there's something wrong with one of the engines. So we're going to have to go back to the gate and stuff. <laughs> and, and she goes, yeah, I, I think the, you know, the, the unseen powers stop the plane, you know, and, um, uh, that, that miracles are, are normal in, the thing is, part of it is we don't always recognize them because people think that if that what they had in their mind doesn't happen, things didn't work. But very often, um, things don't seem to be working. We've all had the experience. Things don't seem to be working. Or, well, one example, people, um, like one of my cousins, she had two failed marriages, but her third marriage was fantastic and has lasted many, many, many years and will last till they die. Um um, and if the other two marriages had, had succeeded, she would have been married to, to good men, but she wouldn't have had what she has now. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they felt like failures at the time, but now they were part of her path. Um, and I, so I think when you open up to miracles, you can't, um, uh, judge everything second by second, because often when things seem to not be working, uh, something else happens. And, uh, like say I used to do a lot of executive coaching and corporate work and so many successful companies, the people at the top, like had massive failures, you know, even like Steve jobs, everybody, Oh, he was such a genius. I mean, he made so many mistakes at Apple that they threw him out, you know, and then he started next computers, which don't exist. And then he came back and got it right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And even then still made mistakes, but, um, uh, but that was part of his path. And um, so I guess the message I want to give everybody is that everybody has miraculous abilities. It's just a matter of clearing the programming and the blocks that get in the way and, and, the, and all the fears, that, because there's tons of fears and programming that can get in the way. And then just having help like uh, with things like empowerments that, that open up the abilities and then people that can guide you. Uh, so I, I've been lucky. I've had so many great teachers, you know, that have just taken my abilities to whole new levels and to empowerments from the Dalai Lama. And, you know, so you want to get great teachers. The other, the other thing I want to mention is if you don't have great teachers, what can happen is what happened to me is my first teacher was a great guy and he really opened up my psychic abilities. He did not teach me how to do it safely. Mm. I got in a lot of trouble. So when I teach people now, the first thing they learn is how to do it safely. And then we play. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
That's important. It really is. Uh, we're going to let you folks uh, let you folks know that you can find out more about Art Geyser through Blockbuster 3. That's the number three, blockbuster3.com, where you can uh, take advantage of the four free videos that are available to you to learn a whole lot and learn about his uh, unique background. He's the creator of Energetic NLP, NLP Training. He's a medical researcher, healer, intuitive uh, leadership and team specialist from major corporations uh, for decades, four decades, folks, uh-huh. studying psychic development uh, plus energetic spiritual healing. Art has been blessed to receive two empowerments directly from the Dalai Lama, as he just mentioned, and uh, including one to increase his ability to heal others. And um, I, uh, I remember uh, this was more, this was from autobiography of a yogi. It was the perfume saint. And um, he could make anything smell however you wanted. Mm. And it would last. <laughs> and of course the argument was made or the, 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 the uh, statement was made to him. Well, wait a minute, but you're going to put all the perfume manufacturers out of businesses. No, 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 no. I'll permit them to keep their trade. Don't worry. This is this isn't about uh, you know undermining. Mm-hmm. I find that that's one of the problems that we have in our society, Art. Uh, and uh, we could go down this road, but we're running out of time. And that is that we place more importance on the money than we do on the service, and uh, that's really. It's really unfortunate, but um, I think we'll have to save that for another time. Art Geyser has been my guest here on Tell Me Your Story. Energetic NLP is the subject. The website, blockbuster3.com. Art, I asked you last time those three final questions that I ask all of my guests. Well, I ask them, ask those same questions of my returning guests as well. But before I Uh, Ask those. I will first thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and uh, Wednesdays at 9 a.m. And we're streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We certainly hope that you will avail yourselves of the podcast as well at SoundCloud iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations, too numerous to mention here. And then we also have a uh, video cast. That's right. You can watch these uh, conversations at YouTube. And uh, Richard Dugan and Tell Me Your Story are the two search searches that you can do. And boom, it'll take you right there. And uh, we also ask if you can support us and the work that we're doing financially. We would be so gratefully appreciative of that. We have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And so when you uh, go to uh, support us financially, they'll ask you for the email to whom to send. And it's Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's Richard at RichardDugan.com. And finally, we ask that you participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision the 2020s and spend that time going within and listening to that still small voice. And with that, we ask the first of our three questions of our special guest. 
Who is Art Geyser? Um, he's an embodiment of a vast spirit who's here to help others and have fun. What is your life's purpose? I, I think those two things, again, to make the world a better place, but also um, I think to fully experience life is part mm. of my purpose. And what was your best day? Uh, when I met the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, Art, I want to thank you again for being with us here on the program. I look forward to uh, talking with you down the road about some other areas uh, of your expertise, uh, as well as I know that um, because I've got a friend here in Santa Barbara who's always adding, he's always <laughs> learning, he's always uh, taking new courses to add to his his uh, body of uh, modalities, if you will. Uh, so um, I, I'm hoping that we can uh, touch base again in the not dis- not too distant future. That would be fantastic. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world and keep it up. It's so important. Thank you very much. And again, I thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. Until our next broadcast, podcast, video cast, love to lol. Jeanette, I'm still listening. Dad, continue to be happy because I am. Smokey, I'll see you on the other side. And to my dear friend, Zorro, aho, aho. <laughs>